I remember when I was 16 years old, I had just gotten my driver's license and I was excited about all of the freedom that comes with being able to drive a car, to be able to go and visit friends, to be able to get to back and forth to soccer practice without having to rely on my parents, to be able to run to the grocery store, to sort of do all of the things that comes with being able to drive. And so I remember getting my license and going to my parents for the first time and saying, hey, I'm going to head out. Can I get the keys from you? And I got a resounding no. All of a sudden, all that freedom I had been so excited to get, well, it wasn't quite as much as I had hoped and wished for. You see, my parents were the guardian of the keys. They were the ones that I had to go through to be able to get all of the freedom that I had been hoping for, all of the freedom that I was just desperate to have. Now, most of the time, my parents were really good as long as the cars were available, as long as you know, I was putting gas in the car and doing all the, the appropriate things. My parents were generally really good unless I would make an unreasonable request, which would happen from time to time, like going up to Niagara Falls in the middle of a snowstorm. That's maybe a story I will tell at a different point in time. But for the most part, my parents were really great about letting me have the keys. But that first no, that first time that I went, that was a little rough to take. It was a little disappointing. I had to realize and understand that mom and dad, as much as I thought I was a grown-up, as much as I thought that I had all the freedom that I could possibly want and more, mom and dad were still guardians of the keys. They were guardians for my freedom. They still had enough power and sway in my life that they could say no. For somebody like me who likes to be a little bit rebellious, the no is a little bit difficult. But looking back on it now, I, I have one kid who's in the process of learning how to drive and another not too far away. I certainly respect the boundaries in which they worked and, and the boundaries that they placed on me. Not allowing me to go to Niagara Falls in a snowstorm was probably wise, despite my displeasure at being told no. Again, my parents had authority. They were the ones who held the keys. And as we get into our text this morning, keep that image in your mind. We're going to be talking about Jesus and how he holds the keys. The keys to our eternal life. The keys to the kingdom of God. Which brings me to our text this morning. Our text is Revelation chapter 3, verses 7 through 13. Again, I'd invite you, if you have your Bibles or Bible apps handy, to turn with me as I read. Write this letter to the angel of the church in Philadelphia. This is the message from the one who is holy and true. The one who has the key of David. 
What He opens, no one can close. And what He closes, no one can open. I know all the things you do. And I have opened a door for you that no one can close. You have little strength, yet you obeyed my word and did not deny me. Look, I will force those who belong to Satan's synagogue, those liars who say they are Jews but are not, to come and bow down at your feet. They will acknowledge that you are the ones I love. Because you have obeyed my command to persevere. I will protect you from the great time of testing that will come upon the whole world to test those who belong to this world. I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take away your crown. All who are victorious will become pillars in the temple of God and they will never have to leave it. And I will write on them the name of my God and they will be citizens in the city of God, the new Jerusalem that comes down from heaven from my God. And I will also write on them my new name. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what He is saying to the churches. Now, there's enough stuff in these few verses that we could do a sermon series on the church of Philadelphia alone. There is a lot that is going on, a lot that is happening. But I want to focus or, or sort of drill down into one particular aspect of what's going on in these verses. So, a little bit of of background to this. Isaiah 22, which is the story of Shebna, who would be supplanted in his role in the king's court by Eliakim. Eliakim, or the Lord told Shebna, essentially Eliakim was going to come along and take over his role and have authority within the kingdom. He would have the king's ear. And Eliakim would receive the keys of the kingdom. He would have access. He would have authority when Shebna was out of the picture. And John uses a reference to the story as a means to help us understand that Jesus is the one who holds the keys to the kingdom of God. He references this story in Isaiah 22 to help sort of give us a picture of what it is that Jesus is doing. Just as Eliakim would receive the keys of the kingdom or access and authority in his day, Jesus is the one that this story ultimately points to as having the, the, the true keys to the kingdom of God. He was the guardian. He was the gatekeeper of who is in and who is out of the kingdom of God. He is the one who has access. He is the one who has authority in the kingdom of God. He is the gatekeeper, which... We have other imagery in the New Testament. In John chapter 10, verses 3 3 through 16, Jesus talks about being the gatekeeper. And in particular, in verse 9, He says, I am the gate. Whoever enters through Me 
will be saved. They will come in and go out, and they will find pasture. Now, this is significant for us because, or, or specifically for those who are in the midst of the persecution in Philadelphia. This is significant because we know that the local synagogue had cast out many of the Christians because of their faith, because of their decision to follow after Jesus. Essentially, they were excommunicated. They were no longer welcome or able to be part of the synagogue or, or temple life. And, and that excommunication or that exclusion would have been extremely painful and difficult for them. It would have been a sense of loss in terms of their community and the people that they fellowshiped with. Essentially, those folks that kicked them out were gatekeeping their access to their sort of regular, normal way of living out their life. And in the midst of dealing with that difficulty, Jesus comes to them, or John talks about uh, Jesus understanding what they are, are dealing with, understanding what they are going through, understanding the, the pain of that exclusion and that excommunication. And he comes to them and he tells them essentially, don't worry. I am the one who holds the keys to your eternal destiny. I am the one who is the gatekeeper. It's not them. Don't pay attention to what they tell you about access, about being able to worship. It's not them with the authority. It's me. I'm the one who has opened the door to the kingdom and given you access. It has nothing to do with what other people are telling you. It has nothing to do with what those who persecute you and exclude you tell you. I am the gatekeeper. I am the door. And that is such a significant message, I think, for us today. Because right now, we are living in a world full of people who would be gatekeepers. People who would tell us whether or not we're really Christian. People who would tell us whether or not we're actually being faithful. We live in a world where people who will tell us, you can't be a real Christian if you vote in this particular way. You can't be a real Christian unless you dress in a very specific kind of way. You can't be a real Christian if you don't read this particular version or translation of the Scripture. You can't be a real Christian if you have this theological way of thinking. We have people within our churches who frequently try to gatekeep us. And this passage reminds us that the only true gatekeeper, the only one who truly determines access, the only one who can determine whether or not our faith is true and real is Jesus Christ. Everyone else is a pretender to the throne. Everyone else who tries to gatekeep or tries to determine whether or not your, your faith is real or whether or not you have someone or something that you believe in that might not always line up exactly. Everyone who comes along and says, this is the line 
Or this is the circle that you have to be in. They're pretenders to the throne. Because at the end of the day, it's Jesus who sets those boundaries. It's Jesus that that draws that line for us. It's Jesus who says, ultimately, you're in or you're out. And this isn't just something that happens in the church. This happens in so many different aspects in our culture. I'm a big Star Wars fan, big fan of comics. Most of you guys are aware of that. Each of these uh, things that I I love have a fandom, people who really love these things. And oftentimes what will happen is, uh, in something like Star Wars where there's a gajillion movies and TV shows, uh, and there's a lot of people with a lot of different opinions about whether or not those things are good or not happens in comics, it happens in anything where people are fans of something. And oftentimes they will say, man, you are not a real Star Wars fan if you aren't all about the original trilogy. Or you can't possibly be a Star Wars fan and love the new movies or love this show. We see that in comics too. You're not a comics fan if you don't love the original like 1940s version of a particular character. This happens in so many different areas of life. We try to gatekeep. We try to control. We try to say, this is the line which makes you in or out in regards to something. Because we are a people who just love to control and judge and make things be the way that we want them to be. It seems to me that oftentimes that's sort of a part of of human nature. We like the clear line. And we like to be the determiners of that line. Because if we can't determine what the line is, that makes us somewhat uncomfortable. Because it means that the control really isn't ours. Man, do we like control. We like to know that things will happen in a very specific way. We like to know these are the steps. We like to know that This is how things are going to be. It provides us a sense of comfort. But when it comes to eternity, when it comes to our eternal destiny, when it comes to being in or out in regards to the kingdom of God, there is only one person who can make that determination. Only one person that can gatekeep that. Only one person who truly knows where our hearts lie. Only One person who truly knows whether or not we're being obedient to the call that He has placed on our lives. Only one person that knows whether or not we're diligently trying to overcome that sin that's just driving us crazy in our own lives. Only one person that can look at us and make the determination about whether or not we are His. And that is Jesus Christ. God has given that authority over to Jesus. It is not ours to have. It is not ours to hold on to, no matter how badly we want to control, no matter how badly we want to feel a sense of comfort in regards to the lines that we have drawn about whether who is in or out. It isn't ours to determine. 
Jesus is the guardian of the keys. Just like my parents were the guardian of the keys of our cars, of, of, of our access to the cars. And they were the ones with authority. The same is true for Jesus in our eternity. The same is true with Jesus in our relationship to him in the kingdom of God. There's only one person, only one man who can stand before us and make that determination. I know sometimes that's hard. Because like I said, I think as human beings, we like those very clear, very neat boundaries and labels. We like the control. And if we're honest with ourselves, sometimes we kind of like the judgment. Sometimes we like to lord that judgment over people. Which is not a good thing. The Church of Philadelphia found themselves in a very difficult position. They found themselves in a place where they, it was decided that they were out. And Jesus comes in and says, no. You know who's really out? The ones that cast you out. Those are the ones. Those are the people who have made the grievous error. You were faithful. You were obedient. You did what I have asked you to do. Even though you didn't have the strength to do it, you still managed. You still found a way to follow after me. Even in the midst of great persecution and tremendous difficulty, you still found a way and were faithful. Even though it might have the appearance that this other group was, the reality is that they were not. And I think, just as an aside, I think so often, so much of the division that we have created for ourselves here in our country, and particularly as it relates to our relationship with social media, is the fact that many of us have become gatekeepers. Many of us have become people who draw lines and say, this is the thing that determines whether you are in or out. And we have stolen or usurped Jesus' power and tried to take it for our own. That has caused so much heartache, so much heartbreak, so much devastation within our churches and within our communities and even within our nation, we have become gatekeepers far too often, trying to take Jesus' role over, trying to take His authority, trying to become, in many ways, like God Himself. Now, I don't think anybody is walking around saying, I'm going to be like God, so I'm going to draw this line. I don't think that's probably true of us, but for the most part, we just sort of slide into that role, whether we've learned it or taught that or just sort of because of you know, our, our personalities or, or who we are, we just sort of slide into that role of trying to be Jesus, determining who's in and who's out. But as we think about that this morning, 
I want to be real clear. I feel like I've been pretty clear thus far, but I want to make sure that I am clear and understood. Jesus is the one who has the authority, who has the power, the knowledge, and the ability to determine what those lines are. He is the one who holds the key. He is the one who is the gatekeeper. He's the gate that we have to pass through. Each of us are accountable to Him. First and foremost, beyond any church, beyond any denomination, beyond any particular theological bent that we might have, we are first and foremost accountable to Him as Lord and King. He is the one who determines our status within the kingdom. And if we're relying on anybody else to determine that status for us, then we need to take a step back and recognize and understand that at the end of the day, just like I go to my parents for the keys when I was, when I was 16, We need to come to Jesus. Find our comfort, our place, our belonging, first and foremost, within Him. Which brings me to our main point this morning. Our main point is this. Jesus holds the keys to the kingdom. Nobody but Jesus determines whether you are in or out. Our life change is this. Don't be a gatekeeper. Let Jesus do his job and invite people to Jesus. And our question for reflection is this. Spend some time thinking about this over the course of this next week. Do I try to create boundaries for others that only Jesus can set? Again, let me ask that again. Do I try to create boundaries for others that only Jesus can set? The church in Philadelphia had been cast out of their synagogue. But Jesus reminded them that man doesn't set the boundaries of their faith, their eternal destiny, or of the kingdom of God. That is the job of Jesus and Jesus alone. He holds the keys to the kingdom. He is the one with all authority. He is the one who is the determiner of our eternal destiny. Let us put our faith, our trust, our hope, our obedience in Him. Would you pray with me? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we come before You acknowledging that sometimes 
we act like gatekeepers. We sometimes try to take your, your authority and your job, determining who is in and who is out in the kingdom. Lord, if that is true of us this morning, show us those places where we are in fact gatekeepers. Help us to walk in repentance of that. And we also ask, Lord, that you would remind us that our eternal destiny, our hope, our faith rests completely and solely and primarily upon you, Lord. We pray this in and through the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.